for the intro. Um, yeah, we always do. Yeah, we always do something new. It's the R&B podcast. You know how we do. And today we are going to have our first guest. And she's probably going to be the best. Let's have a toast for my wifey. Let's have a toast for the podcast. Let's have a toast for Russ and Blake. Mm. I love that. All right, everybody. Let's have a toast for our first guest on R&B Podcast with Russ and Blake featuring the one and only Mrs. Maddie Jones. Round of applause. Yay. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I'm honored to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited. Um, so this is the first day of Rhythm and Blessings, our guest series. Mm-hmm. And we took a week off last week. We did a little experiment and... Uh, We'll, we'll save what the experiment was. It wasn't ready to be published or posted, but um, that we got another treat for y'all in addition to our guest series, and we figured the best guest to have to get started with would be my wife, because it seems like we've had a lot of uh, positive feedback when we've discussed love and relationships, very important for everybody. So why not give you all the insight to that of which I experience on a daily basis? Mm-hmm. Um, Russ, get, give a little intro for these folks. Yeah. Once again, Maddie, thank you for coming. Of you course. know, we feel so blessed to have you here. Like I've told Blake and many other people know you're one of my favorite people to talk to you, whenever guys. we have like little parties or we've had times in history where we get to just have conversations, mm-hmm. you know, you're a great conversationalist. So we're excited to have you. Uh, Maddie, like a little bit about yourself. Where, where were you born? Uh, I was born in Peoria, Illinois, moved to Peoria, Arizona in 2004 with my mom, my brother, and my sister. So it's just been us four out here since then. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what kind of do you think Peoria, Illinois, is there any type of impression that it has on you? Do you kind of say that some part of Peoria made you who you are? There's something about it that you really still love? Um, I mean, I don't know if specifically Peoria, Illinois made me who I am or if it's just uh, my childhood and my background. There was a lot going on in Peoria, Illinois that my mom escaped us from. Um, so I think that whole journey of just leaving that behind and then coming here to Arizona and creating a whole new life for ourselves really made me who I am. Mm. So a lot of strength from mom. Oh, 100%. Oh, yeah. yeah, she's my biggest role model. She, um, If it was not for her, I would be... A, totally in a different position in my life. Mm. That's great. Mm -hmm. Shout out to your mom. Shout out to my mom. Mom, shout out to to you because I know you're listening. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, you know, me and Maddie come from different childhood backgrounds, but we've both reflected upon those backgrounds together. And that has aided us in kind of making a, a plan or a vision for what we want our family to look like because we both had pros and cons just as anybody does in their childhood. And, um, you know, I think early on as we were starting to get to know each other, there are probably some things that I didn't understand that she had gone through and even vice versa. But that's why communication has been so important for us in developing our relationship and really 
could be considered the single most important piece of a relationship, I think, because just if you really want to establish love and you want to have a trusting environment and you want to be positive and happy, then you have to be able to communicate those things and make sure that you're on the same page with your partner. So um, I say all these things and I think the people listening hear my perspective, but, um, you know, from your childhood, babe, and then moving on to uh, kind of the college years when we met, what do you think was really significant in you transitioning from being a kid to being a young adult around the time that I came into your life? I mean, early on in our relationship, and I, this is something that uh, we were different on a lot, is I thought there had to be conflict in a relationship, whereas you were like, there shouldn't be conflict at all. So mm-hmm. I think really in the beginning of our relationship, we had to find that good mutual ground. Yeah. And I think for me, I was always looking for what the next conflict was going to be. And that mm-hmm. created a lot of issues. So, and that's stemming from my childhood because there was a lot of conflict in my childhood um, between my mom and my dad. So I grew up watching just conflict in a relationship consistently. So once I learned that I want you to be happy just as much as I want happiness for myself. I think that's where I got out of the mindset of looking for that next conflict. Mm -hmm. Um, And you also taught me that we can go, you know, months and months without having any conflict. Mm -hmm. There doesn't have to be conflict for there to be love at the end of the day. Um, We can always love each other without conflict. So I think that's something that I learned very early on in our relationship. And that has really been the base of our relationship from here on out. But I also had to meet you halfway because mm-hmm. when there is that much passion that we've talked about before, there there has to be balance. But occasionally the scale will tip yeah. and um, we're not perfect. And, you know, people say things that they might not really mean. And mm-hmm. they, they, there just has to be forgiveness and there has to be uh, explanation and communication after the fact. And so... Um, it's not realistic to never have conflict, right? That's what we learned. And so I was thankful for you helping me realize that because, um, you know, I've seen conflict with my parents too, and it was probably different than yours. But my idea was like, okay, I like my parents' relationship, but if you take that out, then it'd be perfect, right? Mm-hmm. But um, it's really just about how you address and how you resolve those conflicts. And then, um, how far you let them escalate also. We we try not to raise our voice with each other Mm -hmm. and we try to let each other speak. And sometimes I'm ready to answer and she'll let me know like, hey, I'm not done. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, (laughs) okay, I'll listen. And so um, I've always thought I was a good listener, but Maddie has definitely let me realize there's room for improvement there as well. So we just do what we can to try to build upon one another. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So with Maddie and myself, we growing up probably saw arguments and discord not get handled the best way, communication styles. Do you feel like when you were coming up, you saw some more high intense arguments get settled in a very like right loving way? Well, what was interesting for me, like my my parents in a kind of good and bad way wouldn't really let me see a lot of conflict. So Mm -hmm. like I would know there's some type of, I guess, argument going on, but, you know, they would take away and have that conversation or, um, you know, let it kind of be paused Mm -hmm. until I wasn't there present. And so um, that, again, is part of the reason why I thought, like, oh, there shouldn't be any conflict, you know, Mm because I only saw so much, even though sometimes I would know, like, there's something going on that needed to be resolved. So the 
I guess problem for me was I didn't always see what the actual resolution was. Like I knew something was up and I knew eventually it got resolved, but I didn't know what that process was really like. Mm -hmm. So um, it, at one point I thought it's just not supposed to happen, right? And then so for me actually going through that final process of kind of cl closing everything up and getting that uh, the closure um, was something that me and Maddie got to, I guess, explore together. Yeah. Because it wasn't, I had been in relationships before, but not long enough to, relationships to even get a chance to deal with some of the, I guess, uh, roadblocks that you have in a relationship yeah. that we uh, come up on. Because it was the first, like, at least a full year, I want to say two, that was like, oh, man, this girl's perfect. We never argue. <laughs> and And she's still perfect. But we do argue sometimes. We have disagreements just because we're, we're different people, mm -hmm. different human beings that have brought our lives together. And so there's this this joint venture, right? But we're still individuals too. Mm -hmm. And um, that was also something I think we had to work on is uh, maintain our individuality yeah. as yeah. we, uh, you know, our love grew for each other and we love spending time with each other. And yes, we would love for each other to be involved in everything we do, but it is healthy to have some of that time or activity that doesn't involve each other and still uh, maintaining your other relationships also. Yeah, and I think that was the biggest turning point for me in our relationship when I realized we don't have to do everything together and just because I'm not happy doesn't mean you need to be not happy. Mm. Um, and once I realized that I need to make you happy just as much as I expect to make my help myself happy, that's when I really realized that, okay, these are the things I need to do to really focus on this relationship. And it, and, and it was when you try to break up with me, he tried to break up with me, everybody. And that's when I really kicked myself in, in the butt and was like, hey, I am making him unhappy. Mm. Why am I making him unhappy and how can I fix that? He needs to be just as happy as me in this relationship. And I wasn't focused on that in the beginning until it got to the point where I was going to lose you. So that's I mean, thank you for that, because I might never have changed if yeah. you didn't yeah. really, yeah, force me into that situation. So now I'm grateful for that looking back. Yeah. And then through that, we still prioritize communication. It wasn't like I just closed the door and never looked back. And I knew it was something that I wanted us to be able to work on. Mm -hmm. And like in processing that, I kind of came up with other excuses of like, oh, well, like, I only have this much time in college left. Like, what if I'm missing out on something? And then, you know, after a day or two, when we were, like, taking a break or whatever, I realized, I'm like, no, that's not it. Like, it's been 24 hours, and I'm sitting here, like, what am I doing? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I know who should be here with me right now, and I'm trying to kind of rationalize in other ways, but really all it needs to happen is we need to communicate on what we need from each other a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's why you guys are so inspirational because it's like you're answering this call to work on yourselves and finding the utility in each other that's bringing it out of you. Yeah. And that's awesome. You know, it goes so much deeper than just a physical attraction or, oh, this person's really ambitious. It's I'm working on myself through this person and with my communion with them. Right, you know? yeah. 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 And if I'm happy and Blake's not happy, we're not going to be happy together. So mm -hmm. we really had to work on that in the beginning. I did at least. <laughs> mm -hmm. Bro. And I know a lot of people that know you guys uh, in your friend group, 
uh, come from families that have been broken up, have come from mm-hmm. seeing all those arguments and almost to you guys as like an example, mm-hmm. like their example. A lot of people will say, no, I've never seen it work. I, I stopped saying that. No, yeah. you don't. You guys don't know Blake and Maddie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I never saw it work. Right. Um, I, do, I can't think of a lot of successful marriages just off, off the top of my head. And I think that's a big motivation for me is to make my marriage work, especially mm. for our baby. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially for a baby. Yeah. So whole new motivation to it now. Yeah. And um, we've been so grateful for that blessing and uh, also grateful that we already had this desire to build a healthy relationship. And we both know that we want to start a family. And we knew that that would start with us being positive and loving towards each other and mm-hmm. uh, just developing these healthy qualities that we can teach our daughter also. So, yeah. um yeah, I've been really proud of Maddie just because uh, I know what growth I want. And it, it took me to realize that I have to prioritize her growth also. And then being able to see the process of her growing and kind of look back at the beginning of our relationship mm-hmm. to where we are now. Yeah, of course, we bicker a little more than we did when we were 20, but it's uh, we, we make sure that it's uh, resolved and then we make sure that it provides us with something because there's a reason that tension happens so once you resolve it it's it's almost like making a mistake you just want to learn from it and Mm -hmm. not let the same thing occur again so Mm -hmm. um once you have more goals within your journey and see kind of growth around you rather than you yourself growing as a tree and you're kind of seeing this forest create and then uh, we're all able to provide each other with shade and nutrients in that way, just like we do in nature. And um, just have an appreciation for certain things that I know I would overlook and take for granted if Maddie wasn't there to point it out to me or help me slow down a little bit because she knows I have very ambitious goals and sometimes it sounds crazy how many things I want to accomplish. And so I'm like moving quick because I'm like, no, I know I can do it. Like I just have a a finite amount of time. So I got to get moving. But, Mm. um, you know, sometimes after things happen, we we help each other take a pause and appreciate things because she's the same way ambitious, especially Mm -hmm. recently professionally. And uh, we just remind each other to be proud of where we've uh, grown to and also understand that the journey has just started. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's why people have to be very, um, ca- like not just cautious, but intentional when they are trying to find a partner because they'll say, oh, my time is being given to this person. I don't have enough time to chase my dreams. What you just articulated is like, spreading out, building the ecosystem, building more people that can help you. And now you've like tripled your time, quadrupled it Mm -hmm. because you have people that actually love and have intent to help you grow. Mm -hmm. And when you guys met, you both were young scholars. What what were you studying uh, at NAU, Maddie? Criminal justice with Mm -hmm. minors in social work and ethnic studies. True. Mm -hmm. So when you guys met, you both kind of had the approach that you wanted to go out into the world and work with people yeah mm-hmm. make a difference somehow yeah, yeah. that was definitely a way we connected because early on i could tell she was a nurturer and she's loving and kind and empathetic and i was like oh those are all like motherly qualities to me right and so mm. that was something that early on i knew was how i wanted to pick my partner like who's gonna be able to be the mother and the wife that i know that i want and mm-hmm. deserve and yeah. so 
um, and she was very honest too, and that so it was easy to see those qualities early on, just because I could see the communication wouldn't be a big problem between us, just because of how uh, she shared her experiences and her emotions with me. Mm -hmm. And I had to do a lot of work on that too, though, because in the beginning of our relationship, I was very closed off emotionally, and when we had a problem, I didn't want to talk to you about it. I wanted to run away. Um, but you really helped me open up and learn to express my feelings in a healthy way. Mm -hmm. I think that's part of the reason I didn't, or I thought things were just perfect. <laughs> Cause if there was an issue, Maddie didn't really want to address it. Right. But then we, she realized that you can't let things bottle up. And then I realized like the only way to address problems is to talk about it and not act like there are no problems. Yeah. So. But that was another middle ground we had to reach because I got to the point where, okay, I'll talk to you about it, but I need, you know, a couple of hours just to yeah, process my thoughts before yeah. I approached you. Cause right now I might be a little crazy. So just let me sit for a couple of hours and process and then yeah. we can come together and talk. Mm -hmm. I'm still working on that too. Yeah. Cause yeah. I'm like, okay, I know there's a problem. Let's fix it now. Yeah. <laughs> but mm -hmm. That's yeah. not always realistic. Cause it's good. You want to make sure you present yourself properly to your partner. Right. Uh, same way you would in business, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, I like to feel like I'm the CEO of my family. So when we have these meetings to address issues and find solutions, I want to make sure that I uh, address the necessary topics and yeah. and try to do it in a respectful manner. Yeah, so. and it's amazing because like your co-CEO here, Maddie, is saying she has the self-awareness to be able to say, "Hey, I might be kind of crazy right now. Mm -hmm. Let me use this time to chill before I approach my problem." How do you feel like you develop that level of self-awareness? I think that's something people have to work on or maybe your family or something. Like, how do you think you developed that? I developed it because I think I was letting a lot of things boil over to like our next argument. Mm. There would be something that we argued about and I didn't or something that upset me and I didn't bring it up to Blake because I didn't want to talk about it. I didn't want to have to deal with it. So the next time I was upset with him, it came out and things were just piling up and piling up. So then I had to step back and be like, okay, this is not healthy. We need to address this problem before we can move on to the next one. Mm. Um, and, I, and I think that's been one of the best things for our relationship. Mm. Yeah, that's like an accountability mirror. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. usually people have to, have to learn how to put that mirror up. Right. Like, wow, I look crazy right now. Yeah. I don't mm -hmm. look like my best self. Yeah. <laughs> and I, there would be times where we would have an issue and I would handle it in the totally not healthy way at all and then the next day I would be very upset and I would feel very bad and then I would go back to Blake and be like I'm sorry for how I handled that and I didn't want to go through that anymore I didn't want to put him through that anymore so yeah I have really had to reevaluate how I handled conflict mm. but also acknowledging it yourself mm -hmm. and then apologizing for it and then we forgive each other and um I think taking accountability is really important in relationships because we could always point fingers at each other right yeah and um just let things continue on but things uh bad i guess interactions or emotions end a lot quicker when someone says like okay that's my fault you know i'm yeah. sorry mm -hmm. and some people don't want to even do that and that's like the shortest intervention you could do right yeah 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 now i think we do a good job when we have conflict we talk about it we both listen and we solve it right then and there it doesn't seep over to the next day or the next conflict mm -hmm. or anything Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you all have Mila now, right. you know, it's like you can't have that energy 
festering around the home mm-hmm. when yeah. you got a soul growing up in it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, I know we're talking about conflict a lot, but we really don't have a lot. We don't argue sure. a lot. We might bicker, but it yeah. never turns into an argument. And I think we're very intentional about that. Yeah. We don't want to argue, and we don't want tension in our house like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you were studying criminal justice at the time, Maddie, like what was your idea of what you wanted to do with that? And, and what were some of your passions at the time that were around that? Um, you know, there was two really different sides to my criminal justice desires. Uh, one side was crime scene and forensics. I was obsessed with mm. watching cri- true crime shows. And I even volunteered with the medical examiner for a couple of months, like in the autopsy room. So that was like my the exciting side to me. And then there's a personal side to me um, where I have a brother that's in prison. So that was really my personal driving force, wanting to go into criminal justice, wanting to make that change, um, really just kind of trying to figure out how we could work with um, people that are incarcerated, innocent people that are incarcerated, actually, and helping them get out of prison. but I really realized that the social work field is really that preventative field. I want to be in the field that prevents people from getting into incarceration. Really, when you work in the criminal justice field, it's that just maintaining the people that are already in prison. And mm-hmm. I wanted to intervene before they even got incarcerated. So that's really why I jumped into social work right out of college. Mm. Yeah, that's real. So when you were working with the medical examiner, so you were day-to-day seeing like dead bodies, they were doing the autopsy. Mm -hmm. Was that hard to get used to? Or from the beginning, were you like, wow, this is the thing I was watching on TV and this is exciting? I mean, it's a little diabolical to say, but it didn't affect me like that unless there were like the little kids that I saw. Mm. But other than that, like I thought it was exciting. It didn't really affect me mentally or emotionally where some people were like, that's gross. How could you do that? But I mean, I loved it. I, it was really one of my dreams to be, behind the scenes like that, seeing that kind of stuff. Right. <laughs> and right. I was like, she would tell me stories, and I was like, whoa, that sounds traumatizing. <laughs> I was already seeing stuff that was crazy. I was like, you, you might have me beat here, baby. Yeah, and it, we, I had, <laughs> there was a guy that was in the medical examiner getting his autopsy done. That was one of your patients, actually. Yeah, that yeah. One, with, yeah. with HIPAA being uh, maintained, mm-hmm. the injuries that he received were pretty specific. And then so I had explained that to Maddie and then we were sharing stories and I was like, oh, that's very familiar. Mm -hmm. I think that's my guy. So Mm -hmm. that was a very interesting experience. I don't know if that's ever happened with anybody. like (laughs) Somebody taking care of a patient who uh, we knew was going to pass away, but then you being in the medical examiner's office dealing with that same person and us coming to our home and having that interaction was uh, something that I thought about for a while. And, um, you know, I think it did get to you a little bit after it a did. while. And, that, and that's why I quit. And, and thinking about, because it was a Saturday morning, every Saturday I had to get up at 6 a.m. and go and do that um, till about like 1 p.m. And mm-hmm. after a few months of doing that, I was like, is this really how I want to immediately get up on a Saturday and go and do this kind of work and then come home to my life like nothing has happened? Um, And it really was, yeah, starting to take an effect on me in that way. And I realized that's just not how I want to live out my weekend because I was working Monday through Friday still, 8 to 5, and I only had these few days on the weekend, and I really didn't want to continue to use my weekend seeing those kind of things. Yeah. 
And you didn't feel inclined to spend the rest of your life <laughs> yeah. doing that either. I, yeah, I don't think yeah. I could have done that for the rest of my It was fun for one day a week uh, for a few months, but I don't think I could have done that yeah. for the rest of my life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of a conclusion I've been coming to in the hospital, too, is like you see these graphic things and you either have to build up this tolerance or... Um, I guess be desensitized mm -hmm. if you're going to survive in that environment for a long period of time. And, um, you know, you had kind of explained to me some of the conversations and interactions people would be having while they're examining these bodies. Right. And I was like, oh, God, that's right. like it sounds gross to me. But then at the same time in the hospital setting, you know, clean, I have to clean up bodies and put them in body bags. And a lot of times during those situations, it's a similar thing, just having normal conversations, like what are you going to have for dinner tonight yeah. type thing. And mm -hmm. that's, it's a little disturbing to me. And it was something that was hard for me to ignore. And I had to ignore it because it was happening regularly. And I saw that that was how other people coped with that experience mm -hmm. and put themselves in a situation where they could continue to do it. But um, just me being an empath and thinking about things and people the way I do is really hard for me to like block out what that person just experienced, what the, the reality of what this is going on in front of me. Mm -hmm. um, because you really do have to kind of take a objective scientific approach when you're looking at those scenes and uh, dealing with carcasses. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, it felt like being in a whole different world. Like it when is. you step into the medical examiner's uh, office, mm -hmm. Um, it felt like a whole different world than when I stepped out and life was still moving normally. Mm. But for to be in there, you're with all these dead bodies and then you have families that their loved one had just passed away. So, yeah, it was mm. it, it was taking a toll on me after a while. And even those people, I'm sure, would admit being in the examining room and seeing a decomposing body yeah. is a lot different than you go, walking your dog and coming up across a decomposing right. body right, right. so yeah. the, the setting mm -hmm. is a different world mm -hmm. essentially yep. but yeah if someone were to come across with their walking their dog come across a dead body that would be very traumatizing for them that's one thing i've always thought about with maddie and you blake is that since you guys have experience even though you don't want to stay there for your whole life you went and experienced like the mortality of the human being and mm -hmm. and the realness of the fact that like we're not about to live forever mm -hmm. and you know that's one reason why i love philosophy because i think philosophy puts into words like our mortality and it makes people really like think about that but to just go straight to the horse's mouth so to speak and, and look at real life yeah. Um, I think you guys have such a gym in your perspective now from going yeah. through that. Yeah, I mean, and yeah, to think about um, these people were just out doing normal daily things, like out on the lake in a boat or driving a car, and just to really sit back and think your life could end at any second. So just be grateful and be aware of that always. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, and then we, we remind each other of that. You know, we, we say we don't have much conflict, but if we do, it's like, oh, is this really worth it? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, is this how we want to spend this day? And, like, what, what do we need to do to expedite this process so we can just get back to our scheduled programming of being that nice, normal, happy family, right? right. But everybody's going to have those uh, difficult days, either individually or as a uh a group whether it's your family or you and your friends or extended family like there's no just linear progression of happiness or contentness or I guess a calmness we all have stressors and we all have to deal with things that are unfavorable and it's just about how you're going to deal with them and move forward um so you know 
we have all been to college. We went to the same college. We all have college degrees. Um, Russ, for you, do you think that your college experience influenced how you go about trying to seek a partner? That's a good question. I don't know. I really love the field of psychology. I really love history. I love how they come together. Um, when I meet people, I do like to have deeper conversations about some of the things that I perceive. And I always hope that there's like a refreshing perspective that is given back to me. Mm. I don't necessarily think you need to go to college to have that. I actually think a lot of my studies outside of school made me kind of um, almost debate what I learned in college and almost go yeah, yeah. backwards. So I don't necessarily think so, but I do think uh, one not requirement, but thing I do like is like a studious person, like yeah. someone who might do that research on their own mm -hmm. and develop their own perspectives. Because in our day and age, dude, a lot of people have the same perspective on stuff because they're getting their information from the same source. Right. Yeah. You know? Yep, yep, yep. And that's kind of what I was looking for you to say when you said that. Sure. Having that person that is also inquisitive and studious and curious and, um, you know, I think meeting Maddie in a, a college environment, you know, we were both free spirits at the time, like to have a good time, but we were also there to learn and we had interests. And um, so that was something that attracted me to her. And then, you know, as time goes on, she's very proactive about uh, gaining knowledge and things that she's interested in. And a girl that's okay with picking up a book and, mm -hmm. um, you know, watching a nonfiction YouTube video that's not just for educate or not just for entertainment rather or makeup or makeup <laughs> tutorial yeah you'll yeah. never find me watching a makeup tutorial right 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 because we all natural with this beauty over here right yeah but um that that's definitely something that I can relate to and being able to have certain conversations that uh you can't just have with a girl you run into at a bar right mm -hmm. so um I don't think that that's for everyone to have that level of stimulation, especially from your partner, because not only are some people not interested in having that type of conversation with the person that they love, but some people don't really have the capacity for it, which I think is okay, because um, we just all go about that process so much differently. But yeah. when you find someone that has a similar drive and a similar approach and just how you're gonna gather your knowledge and how you're gonna process information and the time that you're gonna put into gaining new information, I think that's very beneficial. And it's good to have the differences too, because you know I'm like into the, the financial markets and the economy and I'll be telling Maddie about this stuff. I'm like, babe, you gotta read this. Like, did you know about this? And she's like, ah, I'm gonna let you handle that. Yeah. Like, I'm glad you know, but I'm mm -hmm. not too interested. But it's okay, because we have areas where it overlaps too. Mm -hmm. So again, having the, the joint venture and then your individual as well. Mm -hmm. I think that's great. And- um, Yeah, and you know, one thing, I was thinking about, as you're saying this, um, when, we all have traumas in our past, every single person, and some people just kind of want to be entertained through their time. So then they don't have to delve too deep into those dark parts of themselves. Mm -hmm. And you guys have already spoke about how you kind of forced each other to go into those dark places and reminding yourself of the home possibly in Peoria and how conflict was running things, yeah. and, and you're now coming out of that, and reminding you of how you might have been kind of shielded from some of the more difficult sides and how you're going to grow out of that. Um, I think that just the approach of wanting to be that aware 
um, is what makes that difference between like the person who's inclined to maybe study and the person who, who just kind of wants to be entertained yeah. through the Definitely. evening. Like I'll be entertained uh -huh. till I go to sleep and I'll wake up and keep my system going. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know? yeah, that's a good point. Um, so, you know, with that being said, I don't think there's any wrong way to live life, right? No, no. I get the person that just wants to be entertained yeah, and just too. wants to have fun and not know about the negative aspects and of the world. And we have periods of that, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, it's intentional, right? Because yeah. mm -hmm. me, there's stuff that I'm interested daily because these things are always changing. But um, I also like tell myself, you know, maybe I don't need to update myself on the market today. <laughs> like I could probably skip yeah. out on a day and just focus on what's here in the present yeah. and with me. Yeah, because I think we've came to the realization where you digging a little bit too deeply into the negative on what's going on financially or socially, politically, it has taken a little bit of a net negative effect on you and um, your mindset going throughout the day. So I think sometimes it's better for you to just sit and focus on what's going on in your own home for a little bit rather than in the whole outside world. Yeah, yeah. And it, it comes with balance because I definitely went through a time where I didn't pay attention to the world news at all. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, as we try to build professionally and financially, I feel like those are just things that I have to be aware of and need to educate myself on. But you have to have... Um, a plan with what you're going to do with that awareness, right? Yeah. You can't let it cons consume you or instill fear, or, uh, change your direction, really, as far as like what the the objective is behind gaining that awareness. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, uh, again, thank you, wife, for pointing <laughs> that out to me. That's interesting. So Maddie, how do you feel if you're ever in like a group of women or if you just hear the sentiments echoed of like man hating and they're like, oh, like men ain't, you know, ish and all these different things. Like, what's your perspective if you're in a group like that? It's so funny that you asked that because we kind of talked about this before and Blake was like, you need to give me a shout out and tell, you know, the audience that not all men are bad. Yeah. Which is true. But um, I mean, it's so different for me because I... I used to be in that mindset before I met Blake because um, my father, I have a very different perspective of my father. I think about him in a very different way than I do my husband, than I do my brother. So, I mean, ladies, there are great men out there. Um, there are great husbands out there. And no matter what all your other past experiences are like with men, there's you're going to come across that one man or that multiple men that show you men are different and men, men can be different. And... Um, there are great men out there that really just want to provide. They want to provide. They want to be emotionally supportive, mentally supportive. And I found all of that in Blake. So, and it doesn't go to show that in my last relationships, like this relationship is way different than any other relationship I've been in, but I never gave up. I knew that there were, that there was going to be that great men out there. And, um, I'm sitting between before two of you because mm. two of you are great men and I would pick Russ to date any one of my friends or any one of my family members. So mm. I truly believe that men have the ability to be amazing human beings and they are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But you, you definitely have friends who think otherwise. Oh, right? yeah, for sure. Yeah, I do have a lot of friends that they don't date men. They don't they have no interest in men. They, they date women, but they still are men haters. Mm. And yeah. Yeah. No, I've, I've had conversations with that same mm -hmm. kind of person mm -hmm. and with us. Like we have uh, friends who are guys that be like all oh, women are just trying to do this mm -hmm. and all these mm -hmm. different things. And 
You know, one thing about you, Maddie, is you don't really have a social media presence much. No, And no. has that been like since you were in college and high school or did you cut everything out one day? Um, in college, I had more of a presence than I do now, but it was really one of those things that I didn't like how it made me feel mentally and it wasn't doing anything good for me mentally. So I really just had to reevaluate why I was on social media, what was I getting out of it, and did it really need to be in my life? And I just came to the conclusion that it was adding no good to my life. I wasn't productive when I was on it, so I, I, and I really don't like it anymore. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I don't see, for myself, I see no good use for it. Mm -hmm. And then so like us, we use it for a lot of business uh, interactions and to get exposure and we also have personal pages, so it is hard to balance the the time consumption sometimes, mm -hmm. right? Because mm -hmm. they're right. It's one click of a button if you're going to do some business stuff or be on it for your personal pleasure. So, um, you know, <laughs> I... I feel like if somebody doesn't have a business purpose of being yeah. on social media, then it's almost impossible to like keep that under control. Yeah. And, um, but at the same time, sometimes we feel disconnected from other people for not being so involved in TikTok and stuff like that, because it, it gets referenced to us so frequently. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, um, but it's never anything that's, that significant you're missing out on no and no and I and I honestly didn't like how other people's lives were perceived on social media that they were perfect and nobody shows the bad on social media so I didn't like going on social media and seeing how perfect everybody else's lives looked and mm. maybe mine wasn't feeling that way you at the time so I was comparing yeah, yeah myself to what I saw on social media and mm. that was doing no good for me so yeah and it Sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say there's there's uh, different points of the spectrum on that as well, because we know people that post their whole lives on social media, yep. right? Mm -hmm. uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm -hmm. And then there is the people that only post the good. And then there's some people it seems like they only post the bad, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And then so me personally, I don't really post my problems on the web because I feel like I just need to handle them. And I'm not looking for, uh, you know, Con consolation from other people or really that kind of emotional support that it mm -hmm. seems like some people are looking for when they post things on social media. And I actually had a conversation with my one of my cousins recently that we've always lived a thousand miles away from each other. So, you know, our, our connection is pretty loose, but he had this perception of what my life is like, which I love my life. I think my life is perfect for me, but there's definitely... Um, I guess, flaws in me as a person and my life, I guess you could say. But um, just he, how he was telling me that my life is per perfect and how he's telling me that I have this perfect image. And I told him, I was like, I'm sorry if that's what I'm portraying. Like, I'm confident with what I'm doing and I, I have confidence to overcome the boundaries or the obstacles that I'm faced with. And I have a very strong, beautiful partner who's going to help me get through those things as well. And I'm proud of myself for how, how far I've gotten. But at the same time, like, I don't want anybody to think I'm perfect. I don't want anybody to think that my life is perfect because that would be a lie. Yeah. And um, the, if it was perfect, I really wouldn't have as much to work for and to, to be um, looking forward to anyway. Mm. You know, so I, I know the potential of what my life can be. And I, I know that I have so much that so many people would die for. And that's why I portray happiness because I am happy. I know that much. Yeah. But um, I don't know. Have, have you ever thought about that perspective of it to where um, people on social media 
just don't want to broadcast their issues. I mean, yeah, and that's okay. Those are people that are, that, that's privacy. Nobody needs to know the issues you're going through. Um, I mean, yeah, and I guess it's your social media. You do with it what you want to do with it, and you show what you want to show. Um, yeah, so, I mean, that's fine, too. There's a spectrum to it all. I guess my question is, what would be your advice to someone who wants to be involved in social media and also doesn't want to start comparing themselves? Because I think you've done better with that. For a while, you yeah. cut it off, mm -hmm. and then you realize, like, oh, I can be involved and still have this awareness, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. I think everything's about intention, right? Um, what's your intention with your social media? What is your intention behind what you want people to think of you? And what's the intention behind what you want to portray yourself as? So as long as you have those intentions set and you're living out those intentions, I don't think... Um, I think the comparison will slowly start to fade. Once you feel good with yourself and what you're doing and what you're using social media as, I think it'll really, that you'll start to, yeah, feel like less of um, a need to compare yourself with other people. Are you saying that self-love? Is the best love. Oh, man. <laughs> That's crazy, ain't it? Yeah. You know, I'm wondering, Maddie, when you were coming up, did you used to see your mom, like, reading books? Um, or was she doing studies and whatnot when you were younger? Um, you know, not from what I could remember, but my mom has always been very smart to me. Right. She knows she has a lot of knowledge. <laughs> um, yeah, she she didn't go to college. I didn't see her really reading a lot. But I think those were also her circumstances. For a lot of the times, she was a single mom. Um, she was working full time, and she had three little kids to take care of. So I don't think she had that time. Right. But um, and I'm a first gen college student, so I think that's something that I go back on and I'm like I wish one of my parents would have helped guide me a little bit more in my college days just to guide me to choose a degree that like had a set path coming out of college because mm -hmm. criminal justice I'm like well what can I do with this now unless I want to go get my master's mm -hmm. um but although I didn't see my mom read, she didn't go to college, she still is one of the smartest people that I know. Right. And that's why I asked, because I know your mom's perspective is yeah. great. You mm -hmm. know, she understands a lot of stuff, history of yeah. all types of things. Yeah. So, And she's taught herself a lot since I've been older. I think mm. she wasn't able to do that when she had three young kids. But now that we're all grown, I think she's done a lot more self-educating than she ever has. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's amazing for me to just think of these timelines, like to think about the Peoria, Illinois setting all the way to now Myla being able to inherit this great knowledge yeah. and, and experiences that you guys have. It's it's mind-blowing how these things are connected. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. you're telling me when I was living in Peoria, Illinois, what what is college? I don't know what college is. I don't know what a bachelor's degree is. Um, and I feel like really I, I taught myself a lot too, just based on my life experiences and watching my mom go through some life experiences and um, just realizing what I don't want my life to be like and what I do want my life to be like. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and like you said, a timeline. And I think as time goes on, you know, people ask us questions as a married couple, like, oh, what's the secret? And then sometimes I'll think like, oh, we just got married, I don't have secrets, but I'm like, oh, I guess we're over three years now, and that's longer than the vast majority of yeah, marriages last. Right. So that in itself is a feat. And then we really don't have any perception of the time that we have not yet experienced, right? Right. So we're all sitting here 27 and 26, 
So we don't know what it's like to go through 50 years of anything. Mm -hmm. And so we can make goals for where we want to be in 50 years. But to really have an understanding of that, you got to go through it first. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, it, it's it's hard to put things in perspective in that way because you do want to make plans for the future and um, you, you want to make sure that you're always making decisions that are going to put you in a better place in 10 years than you'll be in now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we none of us have the, the perfect, uh, I guess, equation or map on how to get to that point. Mm-hmm. So sure. having someone alongside you to collaborate with that has also gone through 26 years of experience, all of a sudden it's almost like you can double the the time of experience that you have as mm-hmm. long as you're communicating and collaborating. Yeah. And then, um, you know, as you have a better understanding of what the future can hold because of how valuable time really is and what can change in such a short amount of time, mm-hmm. I think that sets yourself up for a lot more uh, potential success and whatever it is you're trying to do. So I've appreciated that because I've always been this kind of go, go, go mentality just because even in high school and our school age years in general, having four years of high school, four years of college, and then now four years after college, I'm married and having a kid. And then so it's like, ooh, these each four year increments, I feel like I have to have like a really big event happen. Yeah. Mm. And then sometimes um, we've noticed we'll get a little anxious if we don't feel like that momentum continues but now if we take a step back and look we've only been out of college for four years and we've already done this much so if we're just a little patient in this phase if we let it at least go 10 years i guarantee something within that gap is going to get filled in and it's going to be brought to light on how much accomplishment is truly happening in this period of time right Mm -hmm. yep yeah Yeah. and all this daily self-growth you guys have going on is like a mile marker in itself you know so i'm wondering i remember driving down uh i was driving on the freeway right it was um i guess almost like a year and a half ago now but i was driving down the freeway and blake calls me this is when he was travel nursing blake calls me and he's like dude like (laughs) what are you doing i was like i'm driving right now he's like you might want to pull over (laughs) i was like what's going on and then he tells me like dude like maddie's pregnant like i'm about to have a baby And I just remember pulling over like, what? That's crazy. Like, I was just so excited. So many emotions. So, like, take take me through that. Because were you out of town when you found out? Yep. yep. Yeah. Yeah. He he was in Oklahoma two weeks to his travel nurse assignment. Um, I called him. We did the test together on FaceTime. Uh. He was at the gym. I think he's going to pass out when I told him it was positive. I made me anxious (laughs) thinking about that. I was like, oh, man, what is going on? But now looking back on that. Um, I wish I would. I allowed myself to live in that moment a little bit more and really take in what that meant for us. I mm. think we were both just so shocked and we were living on an adrenaline at that time. So I really wish I would have, yeah, just lived in that moment a little bit more, really took it in and processed what, how our life is going to change from well, here on out. And there's a lot of mixed emotions since we found out and we were hundreds of miles away from each other at the mm-hmm. time, right? Yeah. So we were excited and nervous and a little bit sad that we weren't together and um a little bit confused and like just probably a little bit of everything and so um i think it would have been different if you know i was there when it happened of course and uh i had a lot of 
I, I guess fluctuating emotions because of that mm -hmm. and because I had just started this three-month commitment of being away from my wife and now I have this three-month com commitment of being away from my wife and my baby mm -hmm. and so um, it was already difficult having that distance and then so that made even more so a little bit difficult but um, it ended up being one of those things that kind of tested us in our relationship I feel yeah. and um, made us stronger after the fact for having to go through it that way. Yeah. Because also, your mom had COVID at the time. I don't think so. Or because you were, you were like by yourself, by yourself. Is that why I FaceTimed her and I didn't go yeah, in person and yeah. talk to her? Maybe that was it. I don't, I don't think anybody could like give you a hug and congratulate yeah. you for a few days, yeah. right? Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so that was a big thing for me. I was like, man, I really feel like I've left her alone. Yeah. And it, this was not my intention of going on this venture of abandoning my family. Like I'm trying to provide. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I think um, that taught us a lot of lessons. But the biggest lesson that I took out of that because we weren't planning it. We right. had so many other things that we were planning. We were such perfect planners, and we thought this was going to happen at the perfect time that we wanted it to happen, and then boom, it just happened. So I think I learned that we cannot plan everything in our lives, and it's all in God's timing. Hmm. So really, God mm -hmm. has the final say, So and yeah. he really showed us that. Yeah. <laughs> Your guys' whole story has been just like God's divine grace. I love watching it. I always mm -hmm. tell people like we went to Las Vegas for Blake's bachelor party. And then a week later, we're in Tucson mm -hmm. for your guys's wedding. Mm -hmm. And then like five days later, the world closes down right. due to COVID. Right. Literally five days later, everything, you can't go outside. You can't go to the store. Yeah. You can't, yeah. none of that period would have happened if it was just two weeks earlier. Right. right. Yep. You know? Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, God continues to speak very loudly to us. And, mm -hmm. um, if I'm not listening, he, he pulls out the megaphone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so you got to just listen to these signs and listen to your instinct and uh, trust yourself because God's within us. Right. right. And um, sometimes those messages we receive, we don't really interpret them properly. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, me being gone because I, I went on a traveling assignment to make more money. That's yeah. the, simply the reason why I did that. And so us getting that news while I was out doing that kind of made me take a step back and realize, you know, I didn't get into nursing for the money. Mm -hmm. And then so maybe me taking a specific job for the money wasn't the right thing for me to be doing in that situation. And maybe me sacrificing the time I get to spend with my wife to make more money was not the thing that I should be doing, you know, because like we said, you don't know when life's going to end, right? Mm -hmm. So me taking a three-month stretch just for a monetary return, that's a pretty big risk if you're uh, thinking about it, um, I guess, honestly, you know? Yeah. So I had a lot of time to reflect because here we are two weeks into my three-month commitment, still got two and a half months left. I ended up uh, only staying there like I think 75% of the time that was planned, um, which was really good. But at the same time, we both had to kind of push through a, a darker period than we would have expected um, in general. But especially with us having such great positive news, here we are trying to kind of cope with our situation as we figure out how we're going to alter our plan moving forward. Mm -hmm. So again, just the the communication that was re required and 
the empathy for me to understand what she's going through as a woman because mm -hmm. I knew as a nurse all the changes that come with becoming pregnant and how that process is in general regardless of what situation you're in so I just knew that me as Blake as a husband and a future father I I've really felt a burning uh, responsibility to be there to support her while that was going on too mm -hmm. and um, again it, it was just one of those things that did make us grow and then even her birthing process was not that smooth and so that was uh, another opportunity for us to push through some adversity together and for us to come out of it with such a big blessing and um, you know be able to see another day I think mm -hmm. we were both so grateful for where we are now and just being able to uh, actually appreciate these things that have happened to us regardless of how, how pretty the picture may have been while it's going on right yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. <clears throat> yeah I think it's just so interesting because you talk about how early on in your school career you're like I want to help these people but it actually works better if I go on an, into a preventative field mm -hmm. same with Blake he, he's in the position where he wants to help people be healthy but he'd rather get to them before they've right. gotten all the way to the hospital right. mm -hmm. and I mean, I, we've talked about this on past episodes, but it's always just so crazy to me because like what you guys have built and what you guys are doing is like the antidote to the whole thing, the antidote to all the incarceration statistics and the uh, living unhealthy all the way till you get to the hospital mm -hmm. and all these things. You guys are um, combating it with just your love and your dedication to your home, you know? I just always wanna point that out because it's like inspirational to so many young people because sometimes we see this huge system and we're just so like it looks like a big monster yeah. mm -hmm. but it's like you can use love to cut through it yep. it doesn't have mm -hmm. to be so confusing mm -hmm. you know yep. so that was more of just a statement that you guys Thank are inspirational guys. in Thank multiple you. ways mm -hmm. and the antidote to the whole system being you know what some people are upset with mm -hmm. Thank you. just out here trying to lead by example and uh learn one step at a time right yep. right mm -hmm. yeah. so maddie one of our episodes we were talking about love languages and and blake you know yeah. brought up that they need to be one like communicated language that is uh, all one thing do you feel like you know blake's love language and do you feel like he knows yours Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because I read the book, The Five Love Languages. Blake did not want to read it. <laughs> I, I mean, I didn't think he really believed in the love language. But yeah, I think um, I know his for sure. And I think he knows mine. Mm -hmm. And um, to your point, what's your point of why you don't really necessarily think there's one love language to satisfy? I just feel like it's limiting. Okay. Like if, if I was really going to put categories to love, then there'd be like a hundred, but being able to just look at love for what it is and how it is, I think that, you know, there may be a preferred language yeah. such as, uh, you have one, you have one love language that you expect me to do the most and that would help you feel the most love and that's is, physical touch. Yeah, because I like getting kisses and hugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that helps you feel the most loved by me. But I also like words of affirmation. When you tell me I love you, I'm like, oh. <laughs> so oh. that's your sight. So they can be on a spectrum. It doesn't have to be one love language conquers all. There's well, a spectrum. that's the thing. They're all on a spectrum of love. You, yeah. oh, okay. But you wouldn't want to trade the touch for the words. You would definitely no. much rather the kisses. Well, yeah. Um, right. Yeah, I don't no. know if she just give me kisses all the time and I never heard that. <laughs> like, what do these kisses mean? <laughs> <laughs> I, but I yeah, feel that. It's, it's all perspective, right? It's just, a, I guess, a preference for me just because I, um, I feel like, 
yes, I want to give you hugs and kisses. And I want to tell you I love you. And I want to give you presents. And yeah. I want to do this and that and this. And I think that it's my responsibility to do all of those things. But I guess what I need to change is what is it that you want from yep. me? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what is the best way to show you that I love you? And that's the purpose of the lo love language, right? Yes, but it's also to love the person in the way that makes them feel the most loved. Right. Like ours are different. So I have to cater to what your love language is so you feel how much I love you in the way that's most effective for you mm -hmm. and vice versa. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I have to I have to be proactive in what I do to show Maddie and that's that's her love language, me taking action. Yep. Yeah, good job. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How do you, how do you say it? The Acts of service, is that the one? Good so, job. So, yeah, yep. me me performing tasks. Um, one thing I like to do when Maddie's at work and I'm watching the baby, I'm like, okay, I want to straighten up the house a little bit. I want it to not look chaotic when she walks through the door, you know, try to get the dishes put away, make the bed, like little, little mm -hmm. simple things that I know will make her feel a little more relaxed when mm -hmm. she gets home. Yeah. Um, she likes when I cook. She does most of the cooking, so when I do cook, she likes that. She's appreciative. and um, But I, I definitely see her enjoy all the other love languages, of course, too. Of course. <laughs> but yeah, that's definitely something that I um, I had to learn. Then I'm like, okay, I need to, to pick it up a little bit yeah. so that she understands how much I love her. Because mm -hmm. yep. I, I remember at some point saying that, like, I just want you to understand how much I love you. Yeah. I'm like, well, show me my love language, right? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and now you guys get to learn what Myla, how she's going to want to be oh, shown yeah. love. I think oh, it's yeah. physical touch I right think now. So. She's yeah. very yeah. clingy. Yeah. Hug me. Kiss me. Russ, I feel like yours is quality time. Mm. Is it? What is your language? I, I do like quality quality time for sure and what would what do you see is that for me like does that mean like we go do something together go on like a trip or something what, what is quality time just spending you can be in a room sitting silent together oh. but just being together and spending time together yeah um because i feel like you're very you just like to sit and have conversations and just talk so i True. just that's why i see quality time yeah mm -hmm. and that, that is huge yeah. i do like to just sit and talk and mm -hmm. the world gives us so much to you know, talk about. If you're mm -hmm. just sitting there, it's like you're going to be given something and yeah. then you guys are going to go on some tangent and all these types of things. And mm -hmm. yeah. And, and you'll need somebody that will allow you to read, right? So it's like, yeah. hey, you can you can be in the room reading with me. Like, yep. I hope you have some material too and you're interested in this activity. Yep. Yeah. yeah. But if you met somebody that checked all these boxes and they're like, oh, forget, why would you read a book? Yeah, I could see that being a red flag for you. Sure, because right now I think one of my biggest tools in, in the competitive fields that I'm in is that I spend like kind of a sick amount of time studying and just like reviewing film and going over little nuances. Mm -hmm. And I used to think, oh, if I'm in a committed relationship, I'm not going to have my same time uh, above my opponents that I'm kind of competing against to right. study and come mm -hmm. up with the things I need to be great, but that's not true. It's yeah. really not because I know somebody who's a basketball official and they were telling me the other day, like, oh, my, my wife went to Kinko's or whatever and printed me out this whole manual of things I need to study and she highlighted these different areas. And I was sitting there thinking like, man, we have it so backwards. Some people think that it's gonna take away when it can mm -hmm. enhance so yep. much. Mm -hmm. Like if the right person is with you, dedicated to your dreams, you, you yep. can go so far. Mm -hmm. Yeah, most of the people that I respect the most for what they've done in business and 
uh, honestly, in athletics, a lot of time too, are people that have been in committed relationships mm-hmm. and had had families that they have to balance as well. And um, you know, it's um, I, I think kind of like you said, a, a backwards expectation, like, oh, I, I have to give my time to someone else and do all these other things instead of that work. But once you find somebody that supports you and what you want to do and um, that is excited to see you succeed, mm-hmm. then everything actually ends up becoming a lot easier. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. And we all have insecurities, you know. You guys, when you're in a relationship for a long time, you the person knows you, like the bear you, yeah. exposed mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? When you get to know somebody at first, it's weird, especially the older we get, because there's, like, more insecurities, more time, yeah. more distrust. More yeah. substance. Right? There's more, more to learn. Yeah. yeah. There's And then there's that. There yeah. is more to learn and show, like, real unconditional love towards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I never really thought about that until I just said that out loud, though, because, you know, you meet your high school sweetheart. You guys only have your childhood years to kind of understand of each other. But if you meet somebody in your 40s, they, they've experienced so much. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot that you need to try to understand and be empathetic towards. Mm-hmm. And um, when people haven't even attempted at kind of exhibiting those qualities of being empathetic before and now they're like okay my my career is established and I want to start a family and then you start trying to understand people in a romantic way that's gonna give them the opportunity to be vulnerable but um also feel like you're not judging them Mm -hmm. I think that's a little Mm -hmm. bit difficult if you haven't really been practicing those things over time as you build upon your experiences and kind of become more and more of a unique individual right yeah yeah Yeah. and um russ speaking on like what you were talking about with insecurities in the beginning of our relationship i was a very insecure person not just for myself but in our relationship like i was doing all the sneaky things to find to find, try to catch something that Blake was doing, which mm. I never really found. Yeah. Um, but just through the seven years of being together and really knowing that I can trust Blake and him showing me in every way that I need that I can trust him has really helped me become a way more secure person individually and with our relationship. Um, in the beginning of our relationship, I was always expecting something to go wrong and, oh, he's doing this and this and this behind my back. But each time he's really proved that I have nothing to worry about and there's really nothing that I'm going to find when I'm looking. So mm-hmm. um, really just the seven years that we've been together and the type of man that Blake is has allowed me to be a way more secure person individually and in our relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially when we met, because I was kind of a loose cannon a little bit as far as like how I interacted with people, because yeah. I was very eager and friendly. And mm-hmm. so um, I had to learn, like, if you are going to be in a serious relationship, you can have friends that are girls, but there's definitely a certain way you need to be interacting with them. You know, there's probably certain times you should be interacting with, like, don't be up texting some other girl at mm-hmm. 11 p.m., mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. even if it's a innocent conversation. Like, those are ways that you show respect towards your partner. Mm-hmm. And um, some of that stuff I didn't understand early on, just saying, oh, it's my friend. I've known this person for this long. Like, mm-hmm. why is that a big deal? Mm-hmm. But, um, again, it's with communication, and you have to understand that those lines can be blurred, and somebody else might have a different agenda for their interactions with you as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So uh, you just have to make sure that your boundaries are appropriate and your boundaries are strong and they're boundaries that your partner is comfortable with as well. Yeah, I mean, and yeah, and I was bringing 
my past relationship experiences into our relationship. And that's mm. why I was expecting so many bad things to yeah. happen. So once I let that go and I realized really every new relationship is different, every man is different, mm. and um, it doesn't always have to be bad. Once I let myself realize that a relationship can be good and positive, um, that's when I really just allowed our relationship to flourish, I think, too. And if you want somebody to act differently than your previous relationship, you have to give them an opportunity. Well, to and be I had to act person, differently right? too. I couldn't be the same person that I was in my right. old relationships that failed. I had mm -hmm. to show up different. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's real. Yeah, that's real. Yeah, and I mean we all can reminisce back to young Blake, you know, 19, 20 years old, just <laughs> super ambitious. Everyone likes him. He's yeah. like, like I've said on this podcast before, he's like the popular dude yeah. that a lot of young guys want to be like. And it's funny because they don't see it the way he sees it, where it's like, well, eventually you actually need to humble yourself all the way down, which you helped him do. Mm -hmm. You helped yeah. him go from, he, he labels it loose cannon, just being out there ambitious and yeah. great, but mm -hmm. he had to humble himself to be able to actually be great and tap into what yep. he really has. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, and I'm that's just awesome. That way. That's mm -hmm. a good way to put that, definitely. Because I've, I've kind of struggled with like, I feel like a way different person, but at the same time, I know I'm the same person because I see these similarities. Like being that person in high school that's leading like pep assemblies and uh, being homecoming royalty and stuff like that. But then I went through like college phase where I was like almost ramping it up a little too high. Mm -hmm. And then I pulled it back really hard where I was almost like a recluse for a little bit. And then finding that balance between, but then at the end of the day, I'm the same me. Just, just in a different seeing, way. Yeah, and I operate mm -hmm. so much differently, but I know that my character is the same. And um, that's that's one thing I just got to pat myself on the back because I, I've grown so much and uh, I'm proud of me the same way that I'm proud of my wife and how she's grown. But uh, we don't we don't lose ourselves in that growth and we, we make sure we hold on to all those positive qualities while we uh, try to fine tune the not so positive ones. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yep. And uh, we don't expect each other to be perfect. And we we're excited that we're there's so much potential for growth mm -hmm. between us. Yep. And um, now that we have a little baby to watch, like the physical growth, I think we also understand how important it, uh, it is for us to continue to grow um, for her sake as well. And we're just uh, really starting this journey with our right foot forward, I think. Yeah. And it's been uh, definitely a huge learning experience every day mm -hmm. in ways you can't imagine. Mm -hmm. That's great. You know, I always like to think about like our history of America. I feel like you could take you guys and how your perspective is and put yourself in like any century that America has been. You guys could go to 1923, 1823, 1723, and you have the recipe to like combat whatever was going out on outside mm. of the home. Wow. No matter how much hate there would have been, right? Like you guys have that like archetypal recipe to combat the whatever it is that was bad outside, you know? The only thing I would say, the people, our ancestors that were in those periods, mm -hmm. if you take that away and put us there, it is a little bit different of a situation, right? Because mm. I know like my grandparents and my great grandparents and what they accomplished and uh, I guess the, the struggles that they went through have definitely set me up for success and mm. uh, put me at this point. So I hear what you're saying. Maybe if I was in their shoes, I'd be able to accomplish the same thing. Mm -hmm. But uh, at the same time, it's like how I am now and where I am now 
just has to be attributed to the people that came before me as yeah. well. Yeah, and it's for just sure. that this this mindset with these resources, I think, are perfect in this setting. And it scares me to think of being in a different century because we talk about you know civil rights and all that and how much better things should be, but uh, a lot of people don't acknowledge how awful things used to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then um, I do question for myself, like having this positive, I guess, mentality while we combat some of the negative, there are a lot of negative things that we will never have to face and that we don't even know the gravity of what it was going through those, right? Right. And so um, I, I just always take so much, um, I guess, appreciation into my day when I I notice these things that are basically luxuries that we have in our society in comparison to how things were mm-hmm. you know, a few generations ago. Yeah. And there, there might not have been as, as uh, I guess light of an approach even if we were still positive it may have been like a little more of that fighting spirit moving forward you know Mm -hmm. rather than having that kind of pacifist and unity there's just uh different types of division that you got to go through at certain stages of time right yeah yeah i hear you i hear you it's interesting to me to think like myla could watch this in 2050 you know, like mm-hmm. this could be something she streams up in like 2050 and taps into yeah. and is like, oh, what? Yeah. Yeah. Let me see what they're talking about. We just have to see which platforms are still around. That's why we post on all of them. Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, Anchor, mm-hmm. wherever you want to find yeah, us. Google, Google Podcasts. Podcast. Yes, sir. We are there for you. And we're there to stay as long as those platforms survive. Because we know we're going to survive. Mm-hmm. We, we got a long journey that we're starting up here. So yes, sir. Um, I, I think that... And let me just say, also, we invested in ourselves, so we will own this audio and video file. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? This is our stuff. Yes, yeah. yes, we yes. bought all this. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, big, big deal there is, yeah. as well, the ownership. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think this, is, this has been such a blessing. Really uh, nice. Talking with a couple of my favorite people, my favorite person, <laughs> and, you know, top five over here. This conversation, I think, has just been a a little, I guess, taste, a sprinkle of what will come. Because y'all know we got to have Wifey on here more than Mm -hmm. once. Like, we just getting started with that. But to kick off our guest series in this way, such a big blessing. And I hope it excites all of our listeners because I'm still excited, sweating a little bit in these Mm -hmm. pits, having my pretty lady over here doing this (laughs) with us just because it uh, has been such an enlightening experience and... um, like I said, we're just getting started. Yep. Thank you for having me. It's been so much fun, and I'm honored to be your guys' first guest. Um, you are two very just important men in my life, and I learned from you a lot and look up to you a lot, and I'm so proud with what you're going to do with this podcast. Oh, okay. thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, baby. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yep. And any closing remark? No. Just thank you, Maddie. Thank you, God, for getting us here. You know, everything. I just feel inspired just like you. I have nothing else to say. Mm-hmm. I figured. Cool. Mm-hmm. R&B podcast. Thursdays, we're back. <laughs> we missed last Thursday. We're not going to miss another Thursday. I don't care what happens. Yes, yes. I don't care what happens. Um, let us know, please, feedback, because uh, we, we want to continue to grow this community and continue to grow this product that we're giving to you guys. And don't forget to like, share, subscribe, whatever platform you are on. I listen to them all. I won't listen to them again. But uh, that will help us out tremendously. And if you've made it to this point at the end, I 
you must like it, right? Mm -hmm. So go ahead and let somebody else mm -hmm. like it and make sure you push that button down there. And we'll see you next week. Peace.